Welcome to a podcast with Aaron Schultz. Men's mental health matters. Live life with an outback mind. Thanks so much for joining in today, episode 227. Now, a really important conversation to be had today around uh, depression uh, and what might be sort of behind some depression that we may not be aware of you know today's guest Bridget Brocklebank reached out to me to share her journey journey uh, and I was really empathetic because I understand where she's coming from Bridget had a 10-year battle with depression uh, and it was basically uh, I suppose not un- until recently she started to get on top of it but what that what happened from there was she actually took autonomy and control back and started to change her diet and that basically helped the way that she felt uh, mentally, um, which basically cured her depression, and I believe, you know, we're we're very quick to diagnose people uh, with with you know common diseases like anxiety and depression, but not actually exploring some of the um, the reasons why they're actually occurring. And you know, diet is a huge part of it. If we're getting our diet right and our guts healthy, then that helps really the way that we operate above the shoulders. So we're going to hear from Bridge today about uh, her journey, um, you know, how she basically healed herself and what she's doing now to stay on top of things. And I really believe, you know, this is an important conversation that can help anyone out there that may be out of whack a little bit. Uh, you know, we do uh, we do get out of balance consistently. We don't work with the seasons well enough. And, you know, I'm, I'm certainly no uh, saint when it comes to that either. I know uh, what I need to do. Sometimes I, I go in and out of things. But um, I know if I work with the rhythm of life, um, you know, then basically the return on investment is much better. So, you know, I'm sure you're going to get a lot from this conversation. Really appreciate your feedback. Uh, if you'd like to email me, support at outbackmind.org.au. Jump on the website, check out uh, what we do, outbackmind.org.au. Got some new programs coming up uh, this year we're going to deliver, so uh, be keen to be back to you if you'd like to get us into your workplace or community to maybe uh, help out if uh, if we can. So thanks so much and uh, appreciate your feedback again. Cheers. G'day, Bridget. Hi there. How are you going now? Very, very grateful for you reaching out to me uh, because when I read your email, uh, something that's very uh, important to me and dear to my heart, um, you know, you, you had a, 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 you know, a reasonably serious battle there for a long time and, you know, how you sort of healed yourself is tremendous. But, um, geez, I'd really love to know a bit more about Bridget, um, you know, as a, as, a, as a young girl and where you were brought up and, and sort of, you know, uh, evolving into adult life and, uh, and everything in between. Yeah, well, um, thank you for having me on. I feel really honoured to be on the podcast. And um, and I know this podcast is largely focused on men's mental health, but I feel like, you know, if you're human, or, um, everyone has similar struggles. And, um, yeah, so hopefully I can uh, just share my journey and um, inspire some others. Um, so I'm originally from New Zealand, so I'm a Kiwi, but I was in London for 20 years where this all started. Um, I had my twin boys over there. 
they are now 12, but it was it was shortly after they were born that it all started for me. They, um, I yeah, so I was busy um, for sure, and but I knew it was more than circumstantial. Like it was, um, I had so much to be happy and grateful for, but I felt anything but. Mm. I felt really, I knew something wasn't right with my brain and how I was feeling. So, mm. of course, I went to um, the doctor over there and um, they put me on, the first thing they put me on was um, something called fluxetine and I started experiencing these um, side effects. And so I popped into Google fluxetine and um, side effects or something or other and then I popped um, on Google Prozac. Well, I thought it was Prozac. I was like, oh, my God, she's put me on Prozac. Okay, mm. I didn't even know that. She didn't tell me that. Mm. Um, so that was a bit of a shock. And um, anyways, because of the side effects, I, I went back and I tried a different medication and, and so it went on. I tried maybe three or four and I never felt quite right. Um, it certainly didn't correct what was going on in my brain. I didn't feel any happier. Uh, and then eventually at some point anxiety um, set in as well. But the, the depression was really the big thing. And a lot of social anxiety as well. I didn't want to be around. I couldn't handle being around um, people. And I knew for, you know, I have small babies. I need to get out of the house and meet people. And oh, But it was just mm. so hard. Mm. Um, so my, I guess it was around about the time when my boys were two. I... Um, I just wanted to, I thought, well, I'm not getting any help through my doctor. I'm not finding that solution there. So I will, um, I, I just set out on this journey of Googling and YouTubing my way back to health. And it's literally been 10 plus years of doing this, trial and error, trial and error, trying so many things that I'd find a new story or a YouTube video and I'd feel so much hope and then, you know, I tried um, Reiki, um, therapy, EMDR, um, which is like an eye-type therapy. Uh, what was the other thing I tried? Oh, I tried so many things. Um, and I feel maybe a little bit better from some of these things, but then I would um, get back to, you know, rock bottom again and back to where I was. Mm. And so um, – and then I – what did I – and then I – yeah, I tried – various diets. I mean, I kept hearing about this Mediterranean diet that was meant to be the diet for um, depression. And I was pretty healthy anyway, so I was kind of eating that way. Um, so that didn't, I didn't notice a huge difference from that. Um, I then, when we came back to Australia, which was, when we came moved to Australia, it was about four years ago. I started um, a vegan diet. I was a hardcore vegan for two years, but I was taking a lot of supplements in that time. So if I was nutrient deficient in that diet, then I was supplementing. Um, so and I, oh, when I came to Australia, I was put on Lexapro, another antidepressant. That was probably better than the ones I tried in the UK, but still wasn't quite there. Mm. And then... Um, Along the way, there was also hormonal um, imbalances, um, but I didn't. I never really knew how much was hormonal and how much was just generalised depression and anxiety. Mm. 
And so eventually in Australia, they put me on HRT patches, uh, which helped. Um, but I was just never quite there. And I didn't want to be, I didn't want to stay on the Lexapro. Um, so then, long story short, I eventually um, had recently, last year, arrived at um, but the vegan diet. Just I realized that I started reading more into that and realized that there's a lot of propaganda behind that vegan machine. Mm. And so I thought, well, I'm still feeling pretty terrible. Is that really the diet for me? And I've always thought, like, how much does, like, di like, diet does impact how we feel, but I never really knew how much it impacted how we felt. So, um, sorry, I've gone on quite a yeah, bit. No, no, Should no, I continue? Good. Keep going, absolutely, <laughs> yes, yeah. Okay, so then I um, started uh, learning more about the um, the nutrients in, in meat and the amino acids and all the, you know, B vitamins that in meat products. And, um, and this is someone who has actually protested in the UK for animal rights and all that and just, you know, mm. so I didn't, that was part of my reason for going vegan and not understanding that whichever diet we're doing, something there's there's always loss of life um for example like you know harvesting for um plants for veganism you're, you're you know you've got to clear those fields so you've got to kill the rabbits and all that so there's always loss of life but anyway so i um was hearing about these this nutrient um dense diet and how how um you know how good meat is for our brains and depression and um and even though we've been fed this different story, like, oh, it's toxic, it causes cancer, and uh, and so, which for, you know, a lot of people, a lot of us have stayed away from it for that reason. So I eventually thought, well, I'm going to give it a go because I started hearing some really inspiring stories. And um, so I basically started really simply with some... Um, like not things like chicken so much because it's not as nutrient dense, but mostly like good um, fatty steaks, things like that. Like we need, like our brains need fat, like really good fat, and especially women's hormones need really good fat. And so, um, I mean, it sounds when I first heard about, it, I thought, oh, that sounds disgusting. I don't know if I could do that, but now. For me, it's become like a treatment plan. It's mm. like become the best treatment plan because it's really got me through to um, a completely different um, way of, you know, feeling and uh, focus and just, you know, feeling happier and, and calmer. So mm. when I started to feel better, I thought, okay, I'm going to keep going with this and see what happens. And, and then I started learning about all these um, plants and how, you know, we've always been told to eat our vegetables, eat our greens, and I was learning about how a lot of a lot of plants contain um, anti nutrients and defense chemicals that actually inhibit the absorption of the vitamins we can get from meat, and um, and things like eggs, like you know, eggs being incredibly like an incredible source of um, cholesterol, which we we need as well. So. Um, so, yeah, I took out um, a lot of plants and um, so my my diet became very heavy, um, meat-focused and it's been quite hard for me because I feel also just a small bit of 
shame around it too. Like I'm learning, going through this learning process of feeling comfortable with that, but it's making me feel so, so good that I'm just I'm sticking with it. Mm. And, um, and of course, you know, I'm very thankful for the animals that have, you know, provide this. And um, so I... So then, yeah, dairy, I kind of stay, um, I don't tolerate a lot of dairy, but if I have it, I have like a raw dairy, like in its, you know, purest form before it goes through that process. Mm. You know, when we think of like 50 years ago, we all just did quite well on, um, you know, uh, dairy, but it's but what they've done to dairy that has become the problem. Yes. Um, so... So, yeah, I um, have a very, very simple diet these days. I still love my fruits and, um, like, you know, papaya and I have some avocado occasionally, um, pineapples and all of that. So, um, and then sometimes I'll have kefir. That's probably the most dairy I'll have. And then um, the rest is really just, yeah, like um, uh, cooking in tallow, things like that, like... Um, Remember, where, like our grandmothers used to cook them lard, like it's like you know lard and tallow and ghee and butter and like lots of butter. We've been told to like you know, just you know when they bought out those toxic margarines and vegetable mm. oils, it's like the worst possible thing we could do for our health and our yes. brain health and our mental health. Yes. So yeah, right. I don't have any of those in the house. Just um, lots of whole foods, um, whole food animal uh, products and. And it's just become, um, at first I thought, oh, gosh, as a busy mum, I'll never be able to do a separate diet to my family. This will be, I'll be so busy. But it's just so simple um, that, um, and because I see it as a treatment plan, it's like I'm just so committed and I'll never go back to, um, I'll never look at another diet again because it's just worked so well for me. So so just so, um, going, going back a bit <clears throat> with regards to like when all this started, like you, you, Maybe were were diagnosed with postnatal depression earlier, or was that something that was was considered possibly um, when it all sort of started to come about? Well, that's um, I for a long time I said I had um, postnatal depression. They actually didn't label it like that for me. They they just said um, depression, but I just thought I had this shortly after I had my babies. Maybe it was postnatal depression but it went on for a very long time I thought it was you know it, we got over that and within a couple of years so I don't really know if it was maybe it was part of that my hormones were pretty all over the place after having my baby so yes, yeah. it could definitely have been a contributing factor for sure yeah yeah it's interesting isn't it and you know going back 50 years uh, I know I'm 51 and my mum told me how she struggled when I was born and um, uh, I know why, you know, um, now, but she, she had some trauma, but, but primarily um, it wasn't a thing back in the day and, and these days it, it is. But, but even in diagnosing that, you know, is there enough research being done around getting your hormones back into balance, getting your neural pathways aligned so you can function you know, well, uh, mentally, all those sorts of things, or are they really jumping on the uh, pharmaceutical intervention um, bandwagon, you know, too quickly, do you think? For sure. I feel like um, I feel like the, the system both in the UK and here in Australia failed me. I mean, we. I think most of us know if we're going through the Western medicine route, like through our doctor, 
they uh, they treat symptoms. They um, they prescribe that. That's their that's what they're paid to do. Basically, I think if a lot of people are looking at alternatives like naturopaths and um, other therapies, um, I, but that's not everyone can afford that. Like a naturopath is expensive, and they, they give you a lot of supplements and. A lot of people have had help that way, but um, unfortunately, uh, for most people, the, um, the the doctor's route is the you know the one that we'd normally take. But it's just not getting to the root cause, and that's um, and I feel like it's a broken system. A lot of people are, are not just you know depression, but bipolar and schizophrenia, and you know they're just um, they. I read stories about people going into um, you know, mental wards, um, they're just not getting the help they need and they're just released and out into the world again to, you know, get on with their life and that they just, the, the, the support just isn't there mm-hmm. and it's just medication after medication. And um, that I feel, I really truly believe that for a lot of people, the um, depression comes down to a nutrient deficiency. When I was also told not just depression, I had a chemical Imbalance, but it's like, what is that? How can they say that without actually taking an actual test from you? How can they, you know, define that? So I feel like I, um, now I've experienced the other side. I feel like, yeah, for a lot of people, it is um, a nutrient deficiency, which is actually, um, it makes a lot of sense when you look at our food system. We just have a heavily processed, frightening food system these days. And, um, yeah, just luring kids into, and it, that worries me about, you know, kids' mental health as well. And and moving away from that to what I do now, it's not and it's not easy because we're so exposed to all these processed foods and supermarkets and shops. It's everywhere. Absolutely. <clears throat> when you, <clears throat> we're going to go pretty deep here, but um, when you dive into it, there's real sinister motives behind all this sort of stuff that actually, like, you know, are directing people down a pathway. You know, I've always said unhealthy people are good for the economy. You know, if they if they didn't want yes. that, then all of a sudden they'd be uh, getting rid of all the bad advertising, all the influence out there, stopping McDonald's from sponsoring little athletics, all these sorts of things, and actually, yeah. like, you know, putting their, their energy into creating a healthy society. Now... Um, we're robbing Peter to pay Paul. We're 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 saying we're doing things to uh, to help, but really, are we? You know, a lot of the mental health support is around crisis intervention. Uh, it's not around prevention at all. And if we were serious about prevention, we get a, get rid of all this influence and all the um, uh, I suppose the the bells and whistles that make um, eating and and um, you know drinking unhealthy stuff look good. Uh, because yeah. really at the end of the day, <clears throat> as you found out, the body is smarter and the body will give you a sign or a, single, a signal if something's out of whack. So the chemical, sure. in, the chemical imbalance in the brain, <clears throat> you know, I believe um, can be corrected. <clears throat> Pardon me, you've got a frog in my throat. Can, can be corrected naturally in, in many ways by changing your ecosystem, by changing your diet, um, you know, by changing some of the influences in your life and... Um, Quickly, we go to a chemical intervention, and uh, you know, as you found out, it's probably not the uh, the only way. And um, you know, we've got to really start to have these conversations more and more because uh, you know, you can imagine a young person <clears throat> at the age of sixteen or eighteen or whatever that goes to get this treatment, <coughs> they're put on a uh, on a pathway of uh, of dependence, and we need to be able to help people be more independent. 
And you know, what's yeah. happened is this dependence um, cycle is actually like um, generated poor health and it's generated dependence on a society which is all about economics rather than well-being, you know. This is what we've got to ask about, you know, we, we really have. This all started to change back in the 30s, uh, last century. You know, there was, uh, there was great, um, you know, progress being done with, uh, with natural health and that type of thing. And uh, I think the Industrial Revolution sort of came in. Uh, the, um, the, the way we farmed food was, was changed, the way things were processed changed, and it's just evolved ever since. And all of a sudden, we've got a mental health crisis going on, but we're not actually doing much to acknowledge the cause of it all. And the cause of it all is, uh, is quite simple. If we're serious about doing something about it, we can't wait for the authorities to do something about it because they won't, so we're going to do things ourselves to be able to make a difference. Would you agree? For sure. We, it's just all so backwards, so backwards. But I think, unfortunately, a lot of that is deliberate. As so many of us have woken up to this for the last year or so, that mm. things really, um, it's unfortunately um, set up in a way where people do need to go to the doctor for a pill. And a lot of people believe that is the only way. And, and um, it's a money-making machine. And so, unfortunately, unfortunately, a lot of people are choosing alternative therapies and other ways to heal, which is great. Mm. Um, but we, we, I don't see the, the system changing anytime soon. Um, mm. But it is sadly not serving people <clears throat> in um, this, yeah, if they've got, if they're struggling with their mental health, that they just go round and round in circles. Definitely, you know, we, we all know deep down our self-care is the most important thing that we can do, but we're... We're guided away from that, you know, uh, and we just look outside ourselves and all of a sudden, you know, our well-being is not even uh, considered. We just go about making money and paying debt and doing all these sorts of things in this cycle, which is, you know, really unhealthful. And, you know, I've had um, some pretty serious conversations with people about longevity recently. Australia's not doing too well in that um, space. You know, maybe we're about 15th in the world, but uh, primarily we're keeping people alive through dependence on pharmaceuticals. You know, they're not, they're not living. These people aren't living. They're not, they're not vibrant and, uh, you know, they're not, they're not thriving. And that's our birthright to do that from day one all the way through to the end of our life. You know, we don't need to be dependent on stuff. Um, 100%. The medical yeah. system is great to, you know, and I always said years ago, it's great there to be there to fix wounds and do things which are, you know, yeah. are, are really important. But we've actually made a huge... Emergencies. Yeah, yeah. We've made a huge injury, uh, industry out of mental health now. And, uh, you know, that, that chemical intervention, I believe, can be cut in half, quartered and, and divided up, you know, many, many times if we actually start to do more things around prevention and start to give people well-being tools and solutions and give people like yourself that are struggling, uh, you know, a test to see what's out of balance and be able to correct that balance rather than, you know, giving them something which, you know, adds layers on the problem. Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of people that work within the system can see what's wrong, but they are within a system that, that they're um, taught to work a certain way and they're, they're to prescribe and have a certain, you know, um, way forward. But they, so they can see what's wrong, but they, well, they're in the system. They can't, unless they go independent, they, they have to follow the system. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, yeah, that, that just doesn't serve people. So I think that's quite, that must be quite frustrating if you're, 
um, working in Western medicine, hospital and mental health, and you can see what's going wrong, but you can't change it. You can't because you're one person in this huge um, industry of, yeah, where they've got one agenda and you might have another and you can't, that's a, your, that's your job. You're in the system that you can't change that. So that for me, that I was, was one of them. <laughs> I was one of them. So I. Uh, oh really? Yeah, yeah. I was in there basically on a, on a you know, trying to do things to to um, put interventions in place around wellbeing uh, with the state government, and uh, I kept getting blocked all the time when I started to move forward with things, and I saw, you know, really um, just how how far away from where we could possibly be, but we're, 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 we're not opening ourselves up to, um, uh, to potential change. And, you know, I went in there with eyes wide open that I wanted to make a difference and I really knew that I could, but I kept getting blocked. Uh, so I walked away from it and got more into, you know, doing things that make me feel, um, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm able to achieve things and, 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 and find more, more natural harmony within myself. But, in that that system, it's it's so hard. There's so many good people that are in there as uh, nurses, as clinicians, and that that are wanting to make a difference, but they just keep getting, um, you know, taken away from from their truth and their purpose through bureaucracy, and um, it's so so um, you know disheartening. Um, there's more people moving yeah. away uh, away from that uh, to to start up their own practices because they know they can they can make a difference that way, and. Um, yeah, Bridge, it's, uh, it's a tricky one. You've just got to look at hospital food. <clears throat> You've got to look at that sort of stuff. You know, can we, can we heal people through, um, through rest and uh, re- rejuvenation while they're sick? Yes, we can. But if we keep giving them cornflakes and, um, you know, milk and all this shit, you know, we're, we're not going to make a difference. And really when the body um, is, is acidic, um, you know, that's when it's in a, in a state of disease. If we can get the body more, you know, alkaline or have a balance of alkaline and acidity, alkalinity and acidity, then the body can recover better. Like someone that's in a hospital bed, they need sunlight, they need, you know, fresh uh, air, they need elements um, as much as possible. When we put people under fluorolites and we're denaturing them, uh, you know, then we're, we're, we're not giving the, the body a chance to be back in harmony again. And, uh, you know, I just think we've, we've got a, a huge, um, huge opportunity moving forward to actually start to make some changes. And I feel sorry for people that are coming into the system that think that's the only way because it's not. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of people in the industry that have um, really good hearts. They, they've, they've got good intentions. They want to help people. But then, yeah, they get caught up and realise, well, um, it's not aligned with them. And then, so I've seen a lot of people last year come out and do their own thing now. But... Um, that they're more aligned with. But you make a good point about the hospital food. I mean, it's just crazy, isn't it? A place where people are meant to get well and they're served up that slop. Mm, (laughs) You know, it's just not, there's no, it's devoid of any nutrients whatsoever. Mm. So um, that's really sad in itself. Um, Just that alone, it's, um, oh, makes me quite cross. But you look look at your own experience personally, you know, I'm sure that there's multiple people uh, in your situation, um, you know, that are struggling out there in many ways, uh, that are maybe seeking clinical help and clinical support. If they do go into care, you know, I know a few guys up here uh, that I've, I've worked with that have actually had to go into, into um, you know, residential care uh, and, and what they've been given nutritionally has not been great, you know. So let's oh that's, that's actually, like, get smart about it. Let's that's, that's look at, you know, 
seeing where you're at with your acid alkaline balance, maybe improving that. And I, I believe if we start to do these sorts of things, then our mental health will start to get better. And then if we can start mm. to learn tools and skills when we're in that environment to come out and be more proactive with the way we live, then that's a victory. But if we become dependent, uh, you know, that 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 is not great. But unfortunately, you're right. It's... Um, it's the, the motives behind it which are which are forcing us towards dependence, which um which is not good, you know. So you know, it's great that we're having this conversation because hopefully someone that's listening out there will be able to maybe turn a corner and start to empower themselves, you know. Um, mm. And uh, you know, certainly um, it's always great to be able to get guidance and advice from others. But if you can really connect with yourself and what your body's telling you and and, you know, the way you're feeling emotionally and be able to sort of, you know, make some changes like you did uh, mm. and see, see how that makes you feel, you know. You, you've been yeah. able to correct things which uh, were really uh, you, you saw as being uh, uncorrectable <laughs> and, and now they're, they're back into balance again. For sure, because you don't really think, like, you know, you think that, you know, there's a problem with your brain, but you don't relate it to food because, you know, you think, well, your food is going into your gut, which is quite far from your brain. Mm. <laughs> so you don't really make that connection. Like, how can the food I'm eating affect my brain and how I'm feeling? Mm. So, um, yeah, so the gut health, I mean, yeah, the diet I talked about really um, uh, it really helps and supports our microbiome as well, which is so important. Like, our, lit- our guts and our brains literally talk to each other. And if there's a, there's, um, a dysbiosis in our gut, then there's going to be that communication is going to be out of whack. So, um, yeah, no, neurotransmitters are made there and we need to get them up to our brain. And for so many of us, our guts are in such a state that they can't get to our brain. So, um, yeah. So why why, why, why aren't these conversations happening at at high levels? Now, why aren't these conversations getting filtered down through government and, and out there in the communities? Like if you take your boys to a game of sport, what are they, 10 or 12 now? All they're going to see is junk food advertising and, and soft drink advertising and all that. You know, oh, yeah. That's, that's, As a mum, I find that really hard. It's just everywhere. Mm, yeah. Mm. yeah. Can't get away from that. <laughs> no, you can't. But, but that, that's actually like, you know, I, I see it with compassion now that the way that these, that these organisations and authorities behave, I don't go to a game of sport anymore be, just because of that, you know. Uh, I, I, I saw the way I'm being... Uh, plagiarised uh, by something which I think is, is is enjoyment, but really it's not. It's actually programming me to do something which um, uh, is going to lead me to poor health, <laughs> and you know that that's that's not right. You know that's that's actually quite criminal at the end of the day when you when you think about it. And um, uh, I just believe we've got to start to, to wake up. Yeah. Go ahead. It's right. It is. It is criminal. It's what they um, are doing to well, not just you know adults, but kids' brains and uh, their development. And you know, I've got kids who you know they're very sporty. But at sporting events, is you know just processed food everywhere. But also in their school tuck shop and uh, you know boys' school in Sydney, it just um, that the kind of foods they had like the zoopla duplas or whatever they're called. Super I mean, that's kind of full of colorings and they sell those at the top shop and these are you know kids in a school who are there to learn and food colorings processed foods they 100 percent affect our brain and how we learn and mm. our focus and attention and um oh yeah don't get me started on that one <laughs> <laughs> no no I, I agree and you know look 
Certainly, um, Bridge, there's, there's, you know, you're very fortunate at the age that you're at to be able to realise this. Now, I'd like to connect you with Cindy O'Meara and people that I know that are very proactive in this space because they're at where you are now, you know, 15 years ago, and they've actually made huge, uh, uh, you know, inroads into helping people, and, and you can do the same now through your own experience and that as well. And Trust me, it gets mm-hmm. frustrating. Like I, I've been down the road uh, before, and um, you can't become evangelistic. You've just got to, you know, stay in, in your lane and uh, be able to, um, you know, look after yourself first and foremost. But um, you know, little by little, you know, your kids are going to be much more aware than what uh, you were uh, in your adolescence and coming through because they've got a mother that's been um, through an experience which has come out the other side. And if you can help them on a pathway to good uh, nutrition that's going to help them um, you know as they move forward in life and you know just thinking yeah. about they're the not school. ready to listen go, yet go ahead. they will go ahead sorry they're not ready to listen yet but they will they, they keep will. trying that's right yeah absolutely <laughs> but you think about school right like instead of having the tuck, tuck shops and this that the other and it hasn't really changed I grew up on pies and sausage rolls at school and, um, you know, if we're able to, 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 to grow food and, and, you know, do all that sort of stuff through the school system and be able to develop good health from that, we're going to take that into life. But, you know, that whole system takes us into this processed food um, soup and then all of a sudden we become attracted to McDonald's and the junk food and this, that and the other as quick, mm-hmm. quick calories and... Um, uh, you know, we become dependent. It's addictive. It's yeah. just, it's addictive. It, it is. really is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Bridge, yeah. you know, amazing. So so with you, with your own journey, since you've sort of come out the other side of things, what's changed for you in your life? Oh, well, so, um, yeah, I mean, I also didn't touch on my mouth. Like, for, it's literally taken me 10 years because I was navigating it myself. It took 10 years. So it was very up and down. And being in a marriage and as being a mom was very hard. It was very hard for my husband to understand. Mm. He was very, you know, together with his mental health. So he tried to understand, but it was um, it was hard. And so, um, but now, so I feel just like a normal functioning human now, like I like I, how I meant to feel. So the relationships are so much better. Of course, with my husband and my my kids, I can show up for my. Children, I have so much more patience, um, and I'm just happy to be around. I always wanted to be that, you know, mum that was just like, you know, just happy um, and present with um, my children, and I didn't have that for so long. I just wanted to hide in a room, mm. and I just shut the door on all my responsibilities, and some days it was like wanting to run out the front door and just run down the street and not come back. Like, it sounded terrible, but mm. it's just the overwhelming responsibilities with, with the state of my mind it just couldn't handle it so yes, yeah. so yeah it's like relationships um just being on way down um, and um my focus i used to have a focus of a flea so i've never been diagnosed with adhd or anything like that but i just had terrible focus i'd start one thing move on to the next and oh, couldn't mm-hmm. get anything done and now it's just um yeah focus i'm way calmer i didn't actually realize how bad my anxiety was until I got on the other side where I just feel um, much calmer and much more um, confident and my self-esteem is higher and just it, that I wasn't expecting. That all just – and my resilience as well. Mm. So um, just, you know, knockbacks and rejections, things like that, I can just handle, whereas before I was, oh, 
you know, be hiding away, just sobbing in, in a room for a day kind of thing. Like that just is completely shifted mm. um, me mentally and emotionally. Yeah. yeah. So what you've really done is you've, you've woken up and, uh, you know, it's actually given you all these uh, emotions back or feelings back which you were numb from, I suppose, you know. Yes. And, uh, and that, that, yeah. fight, that, well, that was another thing because yeah. from some of the medications I was on, that just numbed me out. I mm. didn't feel sad. I didn't feel happy. So I didn't want that. It's like, um, yeah, so I didn't want to be numbed out. I wanted to feel everything. So, mm. yeah, so you're right. I just, I just feel everything now. That's, that's is, it, and that's your birthright, you know. When, you're, when your senses are heightened and you're experiencing life as it is, rather than being disconnected from all that, disconnected from yourself, disconnected from your body, disconnected from, from your emotions, it's no way to live, you know. Exactly, exactly. Just, I mean, we just get, you know, life Life is um, determined by, our, you know, how we feel in a state of mind. I can't, I just, I just couldn't function as a human before. I just felt really odd, like mm. something wasn't right, something was wrong. And I was so determined to get to the bottom of it because I just, I just couldn't do life. And mm. so when we get that back, it's like, oh, like you feel like the world's your oyster. Like, what can I do now? <laughs> what will yes. I do tomorrow? And I could, you sort of jump out of bed with excitement, like, wow, okay, this is what it's about. Yeah, amazing. Mm. And Bridge, like, it's just the start of a great journey. I think what you've been through has uh, happened for a reason. Unfortunately, you've had to do it through early early motherhood and all that. But, but you know, how much yeah. you've woken up from all this uh, through this sort of stuff and, um, uh, you know, there's there's lots ahead because you've been on the journey now and, and your potential to help others, you know, that have been uh, or that are in the same situation that, that you were in. And I'm, I'm sure there's many men and women out there that, that are, you know, um, yeah, to be able to too take, many. Yeah, take your power back and uh, and start to take control again. I think it's really, really key and important. And um, um, you know, you, you need to be proud of yourself for, for moving through it all. And what's yeah, next? Thank you. What what what's sort of next for you? Like with regards to you know um, your own self exploration and uh, yeah, your own sort of um, journey. And what would you like to sort of maybe um, you know achieve over the next uh, next few years, perhaps? Um, well, to start with, I really just love to help other people through this and see that there is another way and not so they don't take 10 years like me to figure it out through the broken system. Mm. And, um, and just, uh, but it's hard for a lot of people. I've had a few conversations with people and it's, some of them aren't ready to, um, embrace um dietary changes even though they feel terrible it's hard for people to get that concept that could this really make a difference um so i've had a lot of conversations with people and some people are really open some people are not mental health is so um it's very individual the experience um and i've spoken to some people who are in very bad places and um yeah, but I've uh, like I've spoken to people who have also done um, similar changes to me, who've been you know had severe schizophrenia and bipolar, and they've come out this side, the other side, and they're just um, like yeah, like fully functioning humans, mm, like just mm. feeling so much better. Yeah. But it's not an easy. So basically, your when you start, um, your body is um, basically detoxing all the all the food you consumed up till that date. So. 
but so you can feel you do feel worse before you get better but it is worth it because someone was struggling with their mental health in a really bad way that initial stage can be really tough mm. um so we just got to ride that wave and it's really up to people to you know if they're committed to um just ride that wave and then when you just get to the other side and then it's just so much easier so much better and um so many benefits but yeah that initial stage is because we're dumping all the oxalates from um the the plants that just have been caught up in our in our bodies and our joints and like they're literally sitting us they you're ba- you're basically dumping them so you can have joint pain you can feel really fatigued um uh, it's like a like die off symptoms like you've got a really bad hangover so well yeah there's a few days of that but it's totally worth pushing through mm-hmm. and um getting through that but yeah no i just um love to help people or just help people who are open to it and um, are really ready to change. And I get that not everyone's ready, and um, but just, yeah, I love to welcome those conversations to um, just inspire people to, like, yeah, there is another way. <laughs> mm. Oh, look, you know, again, you, you've got to be proud of yourself uh, for allowing yourself to, to go through that um uh, that pain yourself because when your body is going through that change it can be can be tricky and you're looking to go back to your old ways just to give yourself some uh, some some temporary pleasure but uh, being able to sort of push through some change it might be a few days it might be a few weeks it might be a few months but eventually on the other side of that change is a, is a huge uh, growth opportunity you know and um, your body is smarter than you it's always giving you signs and feedback and um the more in tune with that you can be, then all of a sudden, you know, you, you start to become more emotionally aware and, uh, you know, that helps you um, find the things that keep you balanced rather than being dependent, um, you know, as you once were on, uh, on stuff. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's the gift of humanology, I guess, at the end of the day. That's, that's, that's survival to all of us, I reckon, you know, and, um, you know, full credit to you for, for where, you, where you've been and where you're going and, I'd really like to connect you with Joe Witten and a few people out there that have been, you know, on the same journey. They've come out the other side that have done, you know, some amazing things since then. And um, yeah, you know, the best yet to come for you, Bridge. So um, I really appreciate you yeah, reaching thank out. Thank you. I think there's a lot of us out there now. Like, you know, because for some people it's circumstantial. Like they're feeling depressed because of the circumstances. That that's not my specialty, but I, there's a lot of people out there. Help it like coaching, helping people in their like with life, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like there's a lot of people who um, just don't don't quite make like join the dots with the nutrition, and um, yeah. But there's a lot of people who have moved away from the system, the broken system, and are finding their own way, like I have. So I imagine there's um, a lot more people like me out there helping people and. Um, it will be a long road maybe, but together we can make a difference to um, help people um, struggle a whole lot less. For sure. How, how can people get hold of you if they want to reach out? Uh, I'm on um, Facebook. Um, I've got uh, it's Bridget Brocklebank. I have a public page. Um, and then I've got my Instagram, which is uh, Bridget Brocklebank as well. Okay. Yeah, awesome. No, no worries. And... Yeah, well, look, I really encourage anyone um, that's wanting to get some uh, some info from someone that's had a lived experience to reach out to you, and uh, you know, definitely take uh, take uh, away a few things from from your own journey uh, as well to be able to you know keep you uh, 
keep you, uh, I suppose, aligned with uh, with a, a pathway and direction which can really help you. You know, it's amazing. I still find a lot of people they they get stuck to invest in themselves. You know. Uh, and maybe get someone to help them uh, through coaching or through some form of support. But that return on investment can be significant. Are, are you doing like any coaching or any of that uh, at the moment yourself with regards to helping people? Well, yeah, I actually trained as a um, health coach all those years back because I thought I needed to um, train in nutrition to get to the bottom of my issues. So that was one stage of, yeah. So I trained as a health coach with um, the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. And that, so that was great, but it didn't actually, um, so I started working with people and then my mental health was so bad that I had to put it to the side. Um, So, yeah, I'm a health coach now, but I'm now... Basically, work. I, I teach nothing of what I learned in that program. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very little, very little. It's just through life experience now, purely. So, yeah. Mm, amazing. Now, that's 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 the most important thing, I guess. You know, and a lot of people that, uh, that do get some education, uh, you know, draw on their own life experience and lived experience primarily, and yeah, bridge. You know. Um, Really grateful for the chat, really grateful for you reaching out. And as I said, I think the best oh, thing to come. Oh, thank you for having me on. I just, yeah, I, I love the chat and I just, yeah, feel so honoured to be able to share it with your audience. I just, yeah, I well, hope it helps um, some people out there. We'll do another one later in the year, I reckon, and uh, and see where things are at for you. And, um, yeah, we can certainly go a lot deeper with, uh, with stuff, that's for sure. So I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, sounds good. Cheers.